Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. Y'all thank me So the bottom line is, is John wants us to understand that we can have eternal life and we can know that we have it, right? If eternal life was based on something we could do or earn or pay for or deserve, then we couldn't be certain of it, right? But because of the fact that Jesus said that he would make a way, that he's the way, the truth, and the life, he's the only way to get to heaven, because of what he did, his death, his burial, his resurrection, that's what makes us certain because he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved, right? Whoever believes has eternal life. And belief is not just a, well, I believe he existed or whatever, but it's a deep down uh, commitment to ask God to forgive us, to ask God to save us because we know that we're sinners We know that there's no way to get to heaven but by Jesus. And we trust in that and that alone, not in works or baptism or communion or confirmation or church membership or anything that I did or didn't do. I gave enough money. I I did enough good. I did more good than bad or whatever it is, you know, because people come up with all those things. And that's what the Pharisees thought. And that's what a lot of groups teach today. But the Bible says believe, 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 believe. It doesn't say behave or you must be improved. It says believe. And that's just when John uses the word believe, he means you trusted in Christ. Whenever it was that you trusted in him. And from then on, every day you trust in him, right? You trust in him tonight. You trust in him tomorrow. You believe in him every day and trust in him every day. 
And because you've trusted in him, he keeps us. And we'll talk about that today. But remember, there's those three moral tests. The test of love, the test of obedience, there's the test of uh, what you believe about Jesus, right? Is he the real Jesus? And remember, these people were teaching that Jesus uh, was maybe God starting at his baptism, but then he wasn't God at his death because God is good and spirit is good and flesh is evil. And they said, God cannot suffer. God cannot die. But Jesus said, it's finished. He died in their place. And so John writes this book to let people know that yes, this was the real Jesus. We touched him, we handled him, we were with him, we put our hands on him, he's the word of life. And our fellowship was, it was, was with him and with you. And so he wants them to know that they know, that they know if they died, they would go to heaven. And so that's what John writes. And so he keeps giving these tests and he keeps going through them and going through them and going through them. And the last time we were here, and I'll just talk about it a minute longer or so, but we read the particular verse that the whole theme of the book is about, right? These things have I written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. We talked about believing in the name of the Son of God is believing that Jesus is who he said he is, right? He's God in human flesh. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Verse 14 says, And we beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Colossians says that He's the image of the invisible God, that by Him all things were created, visible and invisible. By Him all things exist and hold together. And, you know, over and over and over, Hebrews says that. And so we see over and over and over and again that Jesus is coming in the Bible. And then these guys, he's, every one of these guys except for the Apostle John of the 12 apostles besides Judas that really wasn't a true believer, he killed himself. But the rest of them, there was 11 of them and then God picked Paul, I believe, to replace him. And some people believe that Matthias was also an apostle. I'm not quite sure about that. But these men, every one of them died for their faith except for the apostle John. And John, they said, was bold and old. And because he didn't die, God went through with him yet. They exiled him to the island of Patmos where he wrote the book of Revelation right before he died. And so we see this book and then we saw that he says that you believe, right? And remember these people, these Gnostics, the word Gnostic means like a super knowledge. And they said, we got this super knowledge. We got this high knowledge. We got this greater knowledge. And when somebody tells you that, you need to run because they, 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 they are cold or they're false. They're, they're not true. And when they tell you, we got the secret to eternal life. And so... As we look at the rest of this section today, we're going to see that there's these confidences, these assurances that we can have. And like I said, I'm not sure if we'll make it just through verse 16 and 17 or if we'll finish up through verse 21 today, but we'll just have to see. But there's these confidences. And notice what he said in verse 13. He says, 
that you may know. And now in verse 14, he says, uh, this is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, and if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Verse 16 uh, doesn't say that, but it says, if anyone sees his brother sinning, a sinning, a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask, and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. There is a sin leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about that. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin not leading to death. But what he goes on to do in verse 18, he says, we know. And then another place, verse 19, he says, no, we know. Verse 20, he says, we know. And then part of verse 20 again, he says, we know him who is true. So he keeps saying, we know. And what's he doing? He's kind of like saying, you think you know because you're calling yourselves these Gnostics. But you know what? We really know because we're the true Christians. We're the real people. We have the right belief. We believe in a true, real Jesus. And so there's five we knows or actually six we knows in here. But what we want to talk about, first of all, is we want to talk about the confidence in prayer, a confidence in judgment, possibility, uh, a confidence of knowing who Christ is and, and knowing that we have the true God. And so look at verse 14. He says, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Let's just stop right now. Verse 14 and 15, we can have confidence in prayer. Now, notice what he says. This is the confidence that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. There's the little caveat. If you ask according to his will, guess what? God hears, right? And he says and if we ask According to his will, what does he do? We have those petitions which we ask. In other words, God's going to answer anything that's according to his will, right? And some, some of you might will say, well, how do we know what God's will is? Well, you know, just read the Bible. I, I like going through Paul's epistles, you know, the books that he wrote, and, uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. And then he wrote 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus and Philemon. And he wrote all these books. And he wrote 13 books total. And every one of those books that he wrote, he has these great prayers. At least one or two prayers in each one of these books. And he prays that the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened. That you might know what is the hope of your calling. What is the, your glorious inheritance in the saints. And, and what is God's great love for us, you know? That we might know what is the width and the length and the depth of his love. To know this love that surpasses understanding. We might be filled with all the fullness of God. I mean, if you don't know the will of God, it says don't be drunk with wine. It says uh, this is the will of God, your sanctification. To be like God, right? To purify yourself. This is the will of God that you submit to others. This is the will of God that you're thankful and everything you know there's a lot of places where he tells us just very plainly this is the will of God right the will of God is to follow God to love God to keep his commandments 
to uh, love others, uh, to believe the truth, to share the truth, to do all those things. Those, that's the will of God, right? And then, so it's pretty simple most of the time. You know, we don't have a, uh, a verse in there that says buy this house or move into this facility or whatever it is, right? But if we read the word of God and if we trust in the God who wrote it and the spirit of God that lives in us and through us, you know what? God will lead and guide us and direct us. Did you know that? He will do that. It's funny, the other day I was looking and I just kept looking and looking and looking for these keys and I'm like, where is that key to my wife's car? I don't know where that thing's at. I've been looking for that thing like one day short of two weeks and uh, the other day we had the kids over and and I looked up on one of the floats that was up on the wall and stuck in the little netting was there was that key. It was hung up on the netting, the little piece that, that has the key ring part of it was hung on there. It's like the lady I knew at a facility one time. She said, I look for my glasses everywhere. Finally, she said, I got down on my knees and I said, God, help me find my glasses. She said she looked down and they were right there at her knee, <laughs> right there in front of her. She said, I've been looking everywhere for those things, right? You know, so when we ask God, he hears us if it's according to his will. And we know that he hears us. And whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we have asked for him. That doesn't mean you have to wait necessarily. Sometimes we have to wait. But we know that he hears us and we have the petitions. God's going to answer prayers that are pleasing and glorify him right those are the prayers he answers you know one guy said it's not that we're in there trying to change the will of God but what we're trying to do is we're trying to get in line with the will of God because he's the one that knows what's best right what's the old um, y'all remember the old tv show father knows best most people don't think that's true anymore but uh you know our heavenly father knows best right and when we pray, sometimes we, we can be thankful because God didn't answer certain prayers because he gave us something better than what we asked for. If we'd have asked for it and got what we asked for, we'd have been in trouble, right? I remember one time I used to at work, we never had time really to figure out whether the jobs were there or not or, or what they were supposed to be. And they'd be up and I'd say, Lord, if it's your will, I want this job. If not, I don't want it, right? And then one time, I, these people, um, they, they picked all these people, and I don't know, I guess I just thought I wanted to see if I could get that foreman's job, you know? And, uh, and some of the people they picked, I was like, really? I could have been a better boss than that, you know? And, and, uh, and uh, the foreman, one of the big bosses was doing the hiring, he said, don't feel bad, there was a lot of good people. And you know, I got to thinking about it. I said, well, Marty, you dummy. What'd you tell God? You said, if, you didn't want to, that if he didn't want you to have the job, that you didn't even want an interview. And you know what? I didn't even get an interview. That's exactly what happened. And so God didn't want me in that job. He had a different plan for my life, right? And so God answers our prayers when we trust in him and believe in him and ask according to his will. And so then there's a kind of an application of this, this uh, praying. And he says, If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, 
He will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin, not leading to death. There is sin leading to death. I do not say he should pray about that. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin not leading to death. So we've talked about this some in the past, and I'll just go back over it a little bit. Remember uh, in the Old Testament, remember David? When he sinned with Bathsheba and the prophet came to him, and if you go read some of the Psalms, it says that his bones had grown old and he was wasting away and his life, his vitality was gone. And, and when the prophet comes to him and he tells him a story about a man that had a sheep and a man that had a bunch of sheep and he took the little sheep from the man that only had one and, and, uh, and David said, that man ought to, ought to pay for it. And, and the prophet looked at him and said, you're the man, you took Bathsheba from from Uriah, right? You're the man. And he said, I've sinned and, and done wrong and God forgive me, you know. And if he hadn't done that, what, what would have happened? I think God would have killed him right then and there, right? Because that was a sin unto death. We don't know exactly what a sin unto death is. It's not necessarily it's a specific sin, but a sin unto death is a sin that somebody keeps committing over and over and over again that God has put his finger on and said, don't you do that no more. And if you do, I'm going to take you out of here. Sort of like I've told you all that story about the kids. You know, you would take your kids to the playground or somewhere and you take them out and, and they're messing up and they're not doing right. Maybe you spank them or you set them aside and say, now look, if you do that one more time, we're going home. And you know what? Sometimes that's what God does to the believer. Sometimes he says, all right, one more time, and I'm bringing you home. We don't lose our salvation, but what we do is we lose rewards. We lose what God wanted us to have. Remember what Moses did in the desert? Remember he was out there, and God told him to, to strike the rock, right? Because the rock was a picture of what? Jesus Christ, right? And the rock gushed water. He's the living water. And, and so the next time he tells Moses to speak to the rock, and what happens? Moses strikes the rock twice. And because he strikes the rock twice, what does God do? He doesn't let him go into the promised land. He lives for a while longer, but then he doesn't enter into the promised land because he sinned a sin that God said, look, you just you can't get all that I had for you because you didn't do what was right. You go into the New Testament, there's a guy named Ananias and Sapphira. When the church first got started, it's the first incident of church discipline. And, and Ananias and, and Sapphira, they were in Acts chapter 5, if you want to look that up, in about the first 11 verses. But what happens is people are selling all their land and they're giving all their stuff away and they're trying to support the church and the members in the church and and they're helping each other and, and making sure that everybody had food and the things they needed to survive. And, and Barnabas sells some land and he gives all the money to the church. So Ananias and Sapphira, they want to look good. So what do they do? They go and sell a piece of land, but you know what they do? They keep back part of the price of the land. And what do they do? They 
give the money and they say, oh, we gave you all the money from this land trying to look good, right? But you know what they did? They lied. They lied to the Holy Spirit. They lied saying we did this, but they didn't. And so when Ananias comes in, they said, did you sell the land for such and such a price? And he said, yeah. And guess what? Ananias drops dead on the spot because he lied. A little while later, his wife comes walking in and says, Sapphire, did you sell this land for such and such a price? She said, yep. Bam, she drops dead. That was a sin unto death. There's a guy in 1 Corinthians 5 that it talks about that apparently he was having a relationship with his mother-in-law. And they said, deliver him under Satan that his flesh may be destroyed, but that his soul may be saved in the day of redemption. And so there's these times where people were in sin and, and what happens, one guy said it like this, he says, if you think you've sinned to sin unto death, then most likely you haven't because the people who are sinning these sins unto death are hard-hearted. They're hard-hearted, callous sins. And what he's saying is we pray for everybody. We pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We pray for those out here that don't know the Lord. But what he says is sometimes there ain't no sense praying for somebody because you know what? They've gone too far. They're so hard-hearted that, uh, that they just don't, they're never going to turn back. They're, they're, they're gone. They don't care anymore. I heard a, uh, it's funny because it's cool how the Lord works. I was on the way over here and, uh, and I was listening to Adrian Rogers. Y'all know Adrian Rogers. He was a great preacher in, in the 80s. He's been dead for 30, 40 years now. But he was preaching the, the high cost of low living. <laughs> and he was talking about, uh, about these, some of these examples that I was talking about because it was pretty cool because here I am going to teach on this and he's preaching about the same thing, you know. So it gave me a little extra material, a little more thought, stuff to think about. But as he's preaching, he says, there was this guy, and I, thought, I can't remember what the guy's name, Jim or something, and, and he was living in the church, and he got this bad case of pride or something, and, and he said, Adrian talked to him and said, now, Jim, you got to quit acting like that, quit being like that. He said, I just don't care. He said, well, God's going to deal with you if you don't do something about that. And he said, I just don't care. I'm not doing anything about it. And Adrian said, well, you mark my words. And he went home, and he said he told his wife, he says, I can't remember what her name is, but he says, listen, I told so-and-so, you mark my words, God's going to deal with him. He went was gone somewhere, and a few days later, found out that Jim just dropped over dead because he wouldn't repent of that sin. He had that hard-hearted sin. And we're not to pray, and most of the time we don't know when a person's got to that place, but sometimes we know that somebody's kind of walked off from the Lord, but they're really, truly a believer and we pray for them. But sometimes they just keep going and you just let them go because God says you don't pray for that person. But you know what? We're to pray for people. We're to love people. We're to care for people. And we're to pray for those things that God wants us to pray. He says all unrighteousness is sin. And there is sin not leading to death. So sometimes, you know, Listen, the bottom line is, is 
How many people sin? Everybody, right? Even as Christians, we're not perfect, right? You go read the book of Romans and you get to chapter 7 and Paul says, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do those. Who shall deliver me from this body of death, right? But he said what? The things he wanted to do, he didn't do them. But the things he didn't want to do, he ended up doing. In other words, what was his mindset? He did want to sin, right? He did want to do what was wrong. But yet, because we're in this human body still, we're not in heaven and we're not fully redeemed. We are saved, we are forgiven. But because we're not fully redeemed, guess what? We still sin. And, you know, sometimes we don't even know we did. Or sometimes, you know, David says, Lord, keep me from presumptuous sins. In other words, uh, or forgive me of those uh, sins that I don't even know, those hidden sins. And, you know, sometimes we, we're short with somebody or we talk to somebody kind of rough or something. We don't mean to, but we did. We hurt their feelings and, or made them mad or we did something. And, and, you know, a while back somebody said something and, and I just kind of responded to what they said. It was just kind of a takeoff on what they took. And I guess they're, they're, the lady's husband got mad, but she kind of got in my face and made me mad, you know, and, and pushed in places where she shouldn't have been to begin with, right? And I guess when she made a comment, I made a comment back, and I didn't even really remember what I said till I had to really think about it. And, you know, and I went back and apologized to her, but she didn't apologize. She said, I accept your apology. But did she apologize? No. I said, what you did was wrong, and uh, you need to apologize, but if you're going to excuse yourself and make excuses, don't bother apologizing. So apparently she wasn't going to make any excuses, so she didn't apologize. So she just said, I forgive you. I'm like, okay, well, what about you? You need to be forgiven too. But apparently she didn't think she needed to be forgiven. So... Uh, we have this confidence, right, that when we go before God, God wants to answer our prayers. God loves us. God cares for us. You know, prayer is just talking to God, right? I heard about a guy one time. He said he, uh, said he was a new Christian. He said, God, this is Jim. I just want to know I love you and I care for you. And, and I want you to bless me. And I want to be a blessing to you. And I want to help you. And I want to do whatever it is you want me to do, Lord. Just show me what you need me to do. Thank you, Lord. You know, and, and, and that's what God wants us to do, right? If you love somebody, you want to do what? Just spend time with them. Just, just spend time with them. And that's what God wants us to do. Spend time with him, praying to him and talking to him and, and asking him and sharing our wants and our needs. Not, you know, remember, he says it's according to his will. In other words, it's not our greeds, but our needs. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. That's what it says in Philippians 4.13, or 4.18, excuse me. And so when we pray, we go before God and we say, God, and if we don't know, we can say, well, you know, I'm not 100% sure if this is what you want, Lord. But Lord, if, it, if it's your will, please do it right and even Jesus, remember, as he was praying in the garden, what did he say? 
He said, Father, let this cup pass from me. But if not, thy will be done, right? And even Jesus prayed that. He knew it wasn't possible for that cup to pass, but he prayed that anyway, right? So let's just remember that God loves us. God cares for us. We're to pray for each other. And I hope y'all do that here, you know, and, and take care of each other and pray for each other and love on each other. And, you know, I don't know uh, what all y'all do, but if you're able to, just pray for each other and love on each other and, and take care of each other. Y'all that come here and are part of this group and, and, and know the Lord, just come and, and pray for each other. Tell each other what you need, what's going on in your life, and let everybody pray for you. And let people love on you and care for you, you know, because we need each other, right? And that's what it's all about. So we have confidence in prayer, and we have confidence that he's going to answer according to what he, his will. And we know this, right? He hears us. He loves us, He cares for us, and He wants to answer our prayer. Well, let's pray. Father, we just thank You for this time. We thank You for Your Word, and we thank You for sending Jesus to die on the cross. We thank You that You do love us and care for us, and we ask today that if there's even one that's not 100% sure of their salvation here today, that they would cry out say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Save me. And they would just take You at Your Word and believe You Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved because you said whoever calls on your name shall be saved. And for everybody here that knows you, and hopefully and I probably everybody here does, but Lord, I pray that you would just help them to, to remember that they can always call on you and never get a busy signal, that you're never too busy, never do you not care, and never are you not available. You're always available and you always want to love us and care for us and, and help us. Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to the Lexington, Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 8, 32.